Hello and welcome to Dumpster Dive, an exploration of cult cinema. This is a podcast hosted by me, Patrick Marfort, along with my co-host and brother. Me, I'm Jordan. Yes, my brother Jordan, and we are here to talk to you uh, about cult movies, and today in particular, uh, we're talking about, I think it's fair to say, an interesting movie. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, um, this is this was one of my selections. Um, this is actually this is the first selection you've done. I guess this if is we count this as the yeah. If this is episode. our official second episode, um, you know, and as as listeners of our first episode know, what we do, we go on these dumpster dives. We find some hopefully good, hopefully at least interesting uh, movies on the cheap, if possible, and uh, we we pick one. Um, either a Jordan pick or a Patrick pick, uh, and we uh, discuss it uh, here on uh, on the dumpster dive. That's kind of what the show is all about. Talk about and, your find. Absolutely, and then this week is one of my finds. Um, it is an adaptation, right? So it's not an original property. This is an adaptation of an existing property. Um, actually, an adaptation of a video game. Which there have been quite a few of over the years. Notoriously bad. Yeah. I don't know if there's ever been one that has been generally considered to be successful. The best video game one I can think of is Wreck-It Ralph. That's not based on Mm -hmm. a video game. It's just about video games. Right, it's about video games. Yeah. Uh, I like like Rampage. But we're not talking about... Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's a good one. We're we're not talking about either of those movies today. Um, We're saying they've... Have not had a good track record of movies based on video games. No, and but people know that that's not any, that's not any big revelation. We're we're rolling it all the way back to the year nineteen ninety three, and uh, for tonight's movie, why don't we play the trailer right now? Feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. They're brothers. They're plumbers. They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite that gives anyone who possesses it the power. To rule the universe. Get me the rock! Come and get it, lizard breath! Now, they must rescue the princess. And make it safely back. Later, alligator. To our world. Are you alright? Before time runs out. Brothers, this ain't no game. Okay, so you guys just heard the trailer for the infamous Super Mario Brothers, the movie. It's not called Super Mario Brothers, 
the movie. It's Formerly the, the video game. Yes, it's just called Super Mario Brothers. But, oh, um, is it? Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Release, I always think of it as the movie. Well, there's really very it has very little in common with the video game so i don't think there was much danger that people were going to confuse <laughs> yeah, the two. Confuse um so yeah from the great year of 1993 uh super mario brothers the movie i found this one for about four bucks on a bare bones uh not particularly well uh, put together dvd yeah. um not a lot of not a lot of official love Where from did you find it? i know you recently kind of had to make up for it because you didn't get it originally oh you're outing me on our second well, it episode doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. so we we try to um kind of stick with the premise of limiting ourselves to act only films we actually come across in the wild yeah. in our search um and but, this but you can include it because i can include ones that i find yeah. on amazon well you this is a little physically this is a little bit of a sidebar i actually want to throw this out to you we need to come up with a term for to go along with dumpster diving for when you see something on a because this happens to me all the time you see something on a dive and you're like nah i don't i don't think i really want this and then you have the the opposite of buyer's remorse so that's what happened to me with super mario brothers this is not a movie i owned i did find it on a dive it was about (laughs) <laughs> Two to four dollars, I think, out in the wild. I don't remember where it was. Either media player or exclusive company, I'm sure. But it's the one that got away. It was a little bit of the one. And then, of course, you go back and it's not there. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to order this on Amazon, the physical copy. I I saw it out in the wild, so it counts. I think it still technically counts because you paid like four dollars. Yeah, exactly. And it was Same thing. dirt. I hope. But anyway. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Um, You're fine. My find, Super Mario Brothers, 1993. Um, That's what we're going to be talking about. So uh, I'm going to attempt a summary of this movie, and then we'll kind of get into our thoughts on the film. Uh, Wish me luck. (laughs) <laughs> so it's a, I mean it is a, it's a unique uh, kind of little I actually don't think it would be that premise. hard to summarize no but... I don't think so if well you, if you want to try to include all the concepts of yeah shit that I'm going to try to streamline this as much as possible yeah. so essentially this concerns a parallel world so the 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 central kind of sci-fi high concept of this movie is that the meteorite which wiped out all the dinosaurs did not in fact wipe out the dinosaurs but created either created or moved the dinosaurs into an already existing not quite clear alternate dimension i think it broke the universes in two okay or in half so whatever so we have our universe which the dinosaurs went away and mammals evolved and then we have the parallel universe where people evolved from dinosaurs Makes and sense. and their whole society and fashions kind of reflect that or at least that's sort of the idea that's what it's supposed to be that's actually kind of a cool sci-fi concept actually yeah. i think um it could work so you have these two worlds and the connecting tissue between the two worlds is a young yeah um, the meteor and uh princess daisy oh yeah so from the other yeah so this is a character who's brought to our world 
from the dinosaur world when she's a baby. Actually, she's an egg <laughs> because these yeah. these people who evolved from dinosaurs apparently lay eggs, which it's is about to get weird. Disturbing. I mean, they they look like regular humans, but okay. So, but see, like the humans evolving from apes, that's a little easier to comprehend. Right. There's things that match up. But the things like a baby being born from an egg is weird. Yeah. So right away, you're, Mario you're, yeah. So <laughs> well, yeah. So right away, it's some weird David Cronenberg type shit. Um, Anyway, I gotta get through this summary. So I feel like you're explaining it to me for the first time. <laughs> the young woman is brought to our world by her mother in an egg, along with um, like a, a, a looks like a gem or a stone, yeah. which she would go on to wear like as as a necklace. Um, and it turns out that that stone is a piece of the meteorite. Which severed the two universes and or created the dinosaur universe. Yeah. Um, so the girl is brought to our world with this fragment of the meteor to protect her from Koopa, who is the big bad, who if you play the Mario video games, you know is the big, big villain. Uh, played in the movie by Dennis Hopper. He wants this fragment of the meteorite because having the whole meteorite together, I guess will allow him to merge the universes and take over the multiverse. If that doesn't completely make sense, it's okay. I don't know that it really ever... But is it a multiverse, though, if they all come together? Doesn't it just make it one again? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, so that he needs, <laughs> the, he needs the thing to do the thing. So oh. that's, that's what gets the ball rolling. He comes to our world yeah. with the piece of the meteor. Koopa needs it doesn't make a lot of sense why he needs it he needs it um she doesn't know her true origins um until daisy yeah daisy does not know until koopa sends two of his minions to our world to find this princess and bring her and more importantly to him the fragment of the meteorite back so he can do his thing um she becomes involved with the Mario brothers, who are plumbers. Uh, Mario is a plumber. Luigi, his younger brother, is an apprentice. How did she become involved with them? Uh, they meet at the payphone. Oh, yeah. They have a meet-cute at the payphone. Yeah. She is an archaeologist. And, and that she... is not the most unbelievable thing in the movie. <laughs> she takes Luigi to... The dig the site, dig, yeah. which has been sabotaged. It looks like you're building a house of cards. That is about to this. collapse. <laughs> uh, it is kind of convoluted how they all yeah. get to this other world. Um, the So the dig site has been sabotaged, and the these pipes burst, and there's a flood. So that's why the plumbers get involved, okay? So... Fix the pipes. So then finally... Then they find the portal. Yeah, because of course the portal is under the, the dig site. So then, okay, so the plumbers, <laughs> Mario, Luigi, the princess, go over into the dinosaur world. The princess gets kidnapped. Real world, get the hell out of here. The princess gets kidnapped um, along with Mario's girlfriends and some other random Brooklyn ladies. The stupid henchmen were trying to kidnap Daisy and they couldn't They kept getting the wrong girl. So you got all these Brooklyn girls 
along with Princess Daisy, in the dinosaur world. I think they probably had a name for the dinosaur world. That's not dinosaur world, but I'm just going to call it dinosaur world. Um, and so that's it. So, oh, and so Mario, the, the brothers get the, the piece of the meteor, which is what Koopa really wants. Yes. Um, but he has Daisy. So Koopa's trying to get this fragment from the Mario brothers. They're trying to rescue Princess kind Daisy. Of and the bulk of the action is taking place in this really bizarrely imagined, sort of low-rent Blade Runner-esque environment of this dinosaur dimension. It's like the Warriors meets Blade Runner. It's bizarre. Yeah. It, it, the one thing it's not is anything like the Super Mario Brothers video games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of a kid's movie. It's kind of not. Um, there's, like I say, like the people who evolve from dinosaurs look human. Koopa looks human, but he has a de-evolver and he creates these hulking, uh, vaguely dinosaurian characters with pin heads called Goombas, um, which Goombas are from the video game. They're nothing like the creatures in this movie. Yeah. There's also Yoshi, a cute little Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, that Koopa keeps as a pet that becomes an ally of Daisy. Um, and that's it. It's, they're running, it's a lot of running around. They're trying to save the princess, which that is like a Mario game. Koopa's trying to get the stone. A lot of yelling, a lot of of campy acting, a lot of bizarre choices. Um, I think that's pretty much the summary of the Super Mario. Does that basically sum it up? Did I leave it? I would have just said a lot of running around. A lot of running around. A lot of running around. Um, Yeah, that that's kind of the movie. I think I think any other plot details will probably um, uncover as we're giving our thoughts on this i found some easter eggs there's a, there's a few easter eggs. They, they throw a few bones to the fans but not many you, well here's my question do you think the people who made this movie have ever played a mario video game no not the people that made it no um, way I, <laughs> I don't think so I, there's no relationship to it i don't think. yeah They're like it's a property that they owned it what seems like to well me. well first of all before we kind of get into our review it like we should talk about our history with this movie. This is this is one that we actually did see in the theaters when it came out. And I have to say, like, at the time, like, I was 13, you were 11. I was excited about this movie. Because we were big Nintendo fans. I remember we, being aware of it. We were big Mario fans. I remember reading about this movie coming out in Nintendo Power Magazine. Okay, if you read about a movie in Nintendo Power Magazine uh-huh. for the first time, it's probably not going to be. But see, I was just a kid who loved Mario. Well, you wouldn't have known that then. I'm giving this to future. Oh yeah, Nintendo Power. No, don't take Nintendo Power as uh, your. <laughs> it's film like reading popular mechanics film review or something. No, but I was excited for this. Yeah. Okay. Although they had a few tid, I I remember reading this initial article, and they they did have a few tidbits about the movie, and one of them was that was one of them that sucks. <laughs> no, but I you know there are some red flags. Okay. Um. Oh, would be awesome if we had that article right here. Oh my god, I should have tried to find it. I'm going to try to find it and post it on our social media. <laughs> right. It's probably out there. Uh, I wish I had those old Nintendo powers. But they mentioned that Luigi would not have a mustache in the movie. And Jordan, I was Last appalled. Week. I was appalled. I re- the thing I re- 
Well, let's all talk what we were appalled by. I was appalled. I was appalled that and I thought this was stupid. My 11-year-old brain thought it was stupid that their last name is Mario. Uh-huh. Like, did they think that was funny? Clearly, they thought it was funny. Uh-huh. They thought a lot of things were funny in this movie that was not funny. Right. That, you know, the thing about the last name gets into one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this movie. And that's like, what a weird, bizarre thing to even try to adapt. And what a challenge. And what a weird adaptation. Yeah, but like, like... It almost had to be. Like, it's it's like a weird... Yeah, if it's not animated, yeah. I have a lot to say about, like, adaptations in general and the time in which this came out versus the time we're in now. Yeah. But I kind of want to... Like, we'll get to, I want to get that a little later. I don't want to, like, bury your opinions on the movie. So, like, well, what, you what was your... Well, yeah, you did not like <laughs> this movie. I did not like this movie. And, you know, as we said in our first episode, we're not out to find so bad they're good movies. Mm-hmm. We're not out to laugh at movies. I genuinely want to find good stuff. I didn't think I this... I didn't know this was going to be not good. Yeah, I didn't... I, I was I, ready to accept I, the fact. Exactly. I didn't think this would be great, but I wanted to like some things about it, at least. I genuinely was interested in taking a look at this again. But So, beyond just not liking it, like, what is your kind of, like capsule review of this movie like what doesn't work about it is there anything that does work i think about overall it? if you look at the big picture i think it's the tone i think it's just like right. too dark and too yeah, serious at bizarre. times for no reason and then the parts that would appeal to kids is the humor which is not even funny on that like a base level it's right. not even funny for little kids. Like, no. I don't remember laughing. At 11 years old, I don't remember laughing. I don't think even as a kid. I, I remember I looking it at it and being like, okay, that's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah. That you can tell what they're trying to do, but none of it works. No, the comedy doesn't work. It's so bizarre to make it. I don't know. I just keep thinking of it being dark. Yeah. It's a dark movie. And yeah. drippy. Like, you know, like Blade Runner, which is appropriate for the noir story of Blade Runner. It's not appropriate for Mario and Luigi jumping around while goofy music is blasting in your ear right you know it's it's a weird mix of things it doesn't it is bizarre i just don't know like the audience that you're going no and i don't think they knew either i think you can see a real tension in this movie trying to figure out is this a little bit more of a grown-up movie is this a movie for very 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 little kids which some of the sequences seem like it was i think if you look at it like just overall like if someone explained the mario video game to you you'd be like, okay, that could be an action movie. So then they t- kind of tried to made it, make it into like a modern action movie. There's times when it's almost kind of turning into Die Hard. Right. Where the cars are leaping over, like flying over right. and exploding. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with Mario. So no. why and is there's a And there's a club sequence. And yeah. the, the whole movie, I mean, for me, the, the thing that really kept this from being anything like the games was... And we both played the games and oh, really yeah. like really liked the games. Um, it's just the aesthetics of it. Like yeah. you said, like yet yeah, tonally it's dark. Thematically, even it sometimes is dark. Yeah, yeah but, I, I mean overall, like tone dark, everything. Yeah, like <laughs> literal, like, the like visual look, visually, and the, it's and the tone of the humor yeah, it's like this weird like industrial cityscape. It it yeah. does look like a. I mean, if I say it looks like Blade Runner, that sounds like a compliment. But it's yeah. like a, it's that aesthetic. It's like this weird kind of. Um, it's like a dystopian. What do they call it? What do they call that? Like cyberpunk. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like a cyberpunk kind of thing. Yeah. Which is like, that's not what the, like, the, and you look at the video games and it's like bright sunshine, happy clouds, mushrooms jumping up like, and that down. That would make a little more sense if it was like a Mega Man adaptation. Mario has nothing to do with Or like Metroid or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So aesthetically, it was just completely off. Because, well, Mario, and, Mario and I is so say, cartoony. You think right. of like bright shine even if it's not a cartoon actually if it's real life you think of bright colors and it's one thing to be off from the source material and what i always say about adaptations even adaptations of things i love it's like i really just want a good movie so like if you have to change everything about the source material and you end up with a good movie i'm all for it you know but the fact that they changed everything about it and it was so unappealing like the visuals were so unappealing um, a lot of great actors in this movie, not yeah. doing great work here. You know, Bob Hoskins, wonderful actor. Uh, he and John Leguizamo, they do not make a good, appealing, funny comedy no. team. Uh, Dennis Hopper but is some really of phony Some of that's it. in the characters. Though. Absolutely. The, I always say never blame the, the actor, but for whatever reason, we do not get good performances out of some folks we know are good actors in this movie. Yeah. Comedy doesn't land. I can't imagine kids being entertained by this. Um, the story, I guess, sort of keeps things moving. Although with an hour and forty enough. an hour and forty minute runtime for this thing, like forty four an hour and forty that no that is too much too much and yeah you're right totally it's bizarre there's weird like sexual stuff almost like Koopa's kind of and violence Koopa gets a little like rapey with Daisy yeah. and then he's got his girl there's Koop- like there's various stabbing instruments used to, right. Like, Nice, Yoshi nice gets to throw. Yoshi, Yoshi gets stabbed. Uh, Toad, Toad gets on set fire. on fire. He's okay. It turns out <laughs> you know, he's not going to be the same. Well, he isn't the same because Toad starts out as like a regular guy, and then he's oh, mutated. Yeah, ends the movie like and that, and then he's mutated into a pinheaded. It should have ended where he turns back into a human, right? But they left him as this like subhuman monstrosity. It's it's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. The king gets turned back from fungus into... For like a brief cameo. Like uh, by Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a surprise cameo in this movie. As the, but he as comes the back as like a gag. He's like, oh, I right. like plumbers. That's it. Like, Daisy's not even there when he turns back into him. Oof. Yeah, there's just not much good to say about this, unfortunately. The music, they could have used the music from the video game. But, and again, the choice that they used was completely just bad. Like, <laughs> right. It wasn't even like... I disagree with the type of music that they used. Right. It was so just like bam, bam, bam over the over your head, just like leading you, like pulling you by the arm, just like leading yeah. you every which way to go. And it was a little bit off too. It was like yeah. it wasn't quite hitting the right moments. Yeah, like something goofy would happen and be like murder. Like oh, that's supposed to be funny. Oh yeah, it was very much like that. It just everything fell. Flat. It's almost like if, like the first test screening without music or with like whatever music they were originally going to use, people just didn't get it. They're like, "What is that? Is that a joke or is right. that like, or is this that for was kids clearly, or is yeah. this yeah?" And, that, and clearly, like audiences were not getting it, understandably. Yeah. So that's why they added in the soundtrack. I don't know. You know, it I, seems I, kind I of like that with because it doesn't match anything. It seems yeah. almost like 
Like if I if we played the movie on mute and I had I looked on Google like goofy music and I just hit play, it would match up with it. You know, it's like goofy music is just constantly playing throughout the movie. Right. So almost like to try to convince you that this is it's totally dark and people are dying. Okay, I know on fire. I know Yoshi just got stabbed and we set Toad on fire, but we're but having a good, crazy, <laughs> kooky time, That's aren't what we the kids? Like. Yeah, what a bizarre film. But like I say, like what a challenge to come up with how do how do we turn this video game into like a live action film? But was there anything about it that you you did like that you thought worked? I, I admit I with actually, this one you kinda gotta dig a little I bit. I actually like Bob Hoskins in the movie. I don't like the yeah. character at all, so it's hard to say that, but I feel like he's you know, like recently I've seen Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And this is if you if you said we're gonna cast him in this type of role, I would have said like perfect. Like because that's right. the kind of character he is in Roger Rabbit too, which he's amazing. Right. He's which amazing. is surprising since he's a very distinguished British right. actor. He always well, plays kind of like yeah. yeah. But he's like a really good physical com- comedian. He can do the goofy stuff. He, like he would be, and he looks a little like Mario. That's why he was cast. What a perfect fit. I know, but <laughs> but not just that. I'm talking about like he had proven himself before as being able to do a similar. Like I would say that character in Roger Rabbit is kind sure, of sure, yeah, similar in, oh, yeah. in tone. Yeah, kind of your regular. So he kind was of, like a good yeah. fit. Like even like okay. his line delivery and stuff. Not sure. what he was saying, sure. or how he was doing it. Sure. I did not like John Leguizamo. I know uh-huh. we're trying to find what we liked. Immediately, right. I'm saying what I didn't right. like, but. So maybe it's just like in comparison to the other people in it, right? I like I like Daisy, but did you? Not the character, but uh, <laughs> I thought she I thought was the actress was all right because she was kind of natural in it. But what uh, she was, what she was saying was ridiculous. Well, what they were all saying was completely ridiculous. Get me out of here. Yeah, I um you that wrote, wrote actress. Down some quotes? I'm just looking at the. Actress I've seen her before. Name. Samantha Mavis. Okay, she's um, been at least. You've probably seen her in American Psycho. Um, she was also oh, yeah, the American yeah. president. Um, Not much else. She's a super cute girl. I yeah. didn't think she was a great actress, though. No. And again, it, it it's, hard, been, it's, it's hard, hard to read through this. It is. It's, it's, and I often say it's never. You I know, mean, when she's yelling, like, Luigi Mario, you're, my right. dad is a fungus and Koopa is taking over. Right. It, it's hard to read through there, but yeah. I don't know. I Maybe guess I just like, thought she was attractive. <laughs> yeah, no, she was super cute. So yeah. I, but yeah, I don't know. Like, but like John Leguizamo's a good looking dude, but he yeah. sucked in the movie. So oh, like, you do. Why get, does that not translate? You do to, get shirtless Luigi. Yeah, well, of which course, legions yes. of Nintendo fans of both genders, I'm sure, have yeah. been clamoring for. Well, if you're trying to stay faithful to the game, you have to at least put that. Story. You have to have shirtless. So thank God that was in there. There wasn't a lot, but they had shirtless <laughs> Luigi. Well, they were in the desert. It makes sense. It we makes sense. It, yeah, it was It wasn't gratuitous. Of course, Mario wasn't hot, but you don't want to see the shirt. No, okay. we don't want to go that far. But they probably <laughs> wanted to. Bob Hoskins was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> He's swinging from a fungus, and I draw the line there. Yeah. The shirt. So, shirtless Luigi. And he okay. was shirtless in Roger. I don't know. I don't know what category to put shirtless Luigi in, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're. I mean, Bob Hoskins. Okay, yeah, he did. He did. You know, he was Mario. He I'm saying that he like showed it's, up. it's a little hard to tell, but I like him as No, an you're 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 right. Yeah, you're right. He didn't do a bad job here. It's just the job he I, had I, to I do like was it absurd. When you can, I think I like it when you can tell that the actor at right at the beginning of the movie just made a choice. Like 
All right, I'm in it. Yeah, he was so committed. It. So it seemed like that was kind of coming through. Whereas, like, I feel like Dennis Hopper was like visibly annoyed. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was going for something else. He was like, he was like George Clooney in Batman and Robin. Right. He's like, I'm gonna take this sucker down from the inside. Or, uh, or, <laughs> or like, one of our all-time favorite screen performances, Harrison Ford in Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah. So, well, that's not the whole movie though. That's no, only some of it. Yeah, but yeah. it's pretty amazing. Where it's like you can tell this guy <laughs> he wants <laughs> out. Yes. <laughs> that's where like a bad performance, a deliberate bad performance, makes me love that yes. character and that actor. But we digress. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot to like. You about know, the only thing I only have one thing I really liked about this movie. Shirtless um, Louie. Well, okay, shirtless. I want a half, so I'll give a half star to Shirtless Luigi. Um, but the the only thing I really liked, and I actually really did like it, was uh, the Yoshi. Oh, Yoshi! Puppet. Yeah, Yoshi looked. Up. He looked better than he should have looked in this type of movie. First of all, the well, I'm a big. I don't know if I talked about this. I probably talked about this already, but it will become apparent. I, I'm a big like. I love monsters and creatures in movies. So like, um, Godzilla, Godzilla, and just uh, like all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I actually like. I thought Yoshi was cool. Like. Yeah. Like. Way above a lot of the other, like, creatures and and fantasy elements in the movie. Like, he's actually not in it much. They didn't really come up with anything for him to do. Maybe that's them being smart. Like, if we hide it enough, yeah. it's going to look really right. good. And, and again, in keeping with everything else in the film, nothing like the Yoshi from the video games. Um, he's greenish. Vaguely a Tyrannosaurus. But I actually think the design of the dinosaur was cool. And it was really effective animatronics. Like, I thought yeah. it looked good like there were there were moments where i was like i'm probably overselling it now but like there was like at least one or two shots in there where i'm like oh is that cgi but then i'm like oh no wait it's not because cgi was cgi was not at that level yet but that's how fluid some of the movements of that puppet were um yeah, you're probably right if they had shown it more or required it to do more. Yeah. It would have fallen. Well, I thought about that when he used his tongue to, like, attack the person. I'm yeah, like, that wasn't Because I was with you. I, I agree that the Yoshi looked really good. It looked really good. And then when he started, I like, doing... It. When he started doing action... Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, this is yeah, not working. you're so maybe right. They, maybe they did hide it enough. Yeah, they, you're right. That's probably... A lot I was, when he walks in the room, I was kind of looking like, where are, yeah. the, where are the puppeteers? It was good. It's like when you see BB-8, you're like, where, what were they, what exactly, who was standing where, right. how did they do that? Yeah, it was, so there you go. So that's what I, I like, Yoshi. But the rest of the visual effects were just like, yeah. beginner's class in Photoshop and well, yeah, uh, I have an, an interesting note on some of the visual effects for later when we do it, like trivia, but, oh, no. um, well, it's kind of interesting, but... Um, well, we can get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have really too much more to say about, like, the quality of the movie or what I okay. thought Well, you said it. you did research. I did do research, so um, let's do uh, what we like to call the deep dive, and we'll get into, like, a little kind of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. And I, I do think this is interesting because it does touch on something. Where did you find your info? Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll, jump to, I'll jump to the end here, because I, I did want to give special thanks to the Super Mario Brothers The Movie Archive, uh, which is a website run by Ryan Haas and Stephen Applebaum, because, I'm sorry you guys, and I did appreciate your website, I really did, it's awesome, um, this is not a good movie, but despite that fact, like, I'm finding, as we do this, literally everything... It has a cult following. Of course it does. <laughs> These of course. guys have um, 
staged. Uh, so you're using their own evidence against them? I kind of am. Yeah, <laughs> okay, but okay. I mean, I am gonna send all our traffic to this website because, like, there's all Both kind of them. no, they have all kinds of cool stuff. Like, because I wanted to like put up on like our social media like pictures of like the toys and. The movie posters, they these guys have all that archived at the website, so I'm probably just going to be doing a lot of linking to their website because it really is good. It's a great resource, and I had fun doing this research, so I found a lot of stuff there as well as various places on the interwebs. Um, but let me let me just kind of talk about like why I wanted to like um, even talk about this movie in the first place and why I think it's interesting. Okay, so like right now in 2019, adaptations of existing properties are huge. Like that's where movies are at right now. Like especially, obviously, comic books with like stuff for Marvel. audiences. But even video games like um, Detective Pikachu is coming up. We mentioned Rampage, young adult novels being adapted. Like adaptations are like big 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 business like stuff with an existing fan base Stephen that King you can make resurgence yeah like that you can make the movie of this already beloved thing and i feel if you look at adaptations right now i mean you kind of have to put video game adaptations aside because there arguably hasn't been a really good one yet um, Detective Pikachu has not come out as of the time of this recording. And Double Dragon is not good. <laughs> but um, adaptations are pretty sophisticated now. Like, they've kind of figured out how to play to the fans. Yeah. Right? Um, like, you could not... Well, it's like the closer you get to it, the more... The better it is, quote-unquote. Yeah. You know, like, that doesn't really make and, sense. And then if, if you can get those fans excited, and they're, they're only going to be excited if you are at least faithful to a certain degree, you can kind of use those fans to sell your movie to non-fans. Yeah. This is what Marvel has done to take over the world. This is what a lot of... They have perfected. This is what a lot of other studios are trying. So, like, adaptations... I mean, if you look at something like Detective Pikachu... Like, that is a very... You're in love with that movie. No, no, I haven't seen it yet, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be the first, like, critically accepted, if not acclaimed, um, video game movie. Because it's a very kind of sophisticated take on the material. At least it looks like that from the trailer. Like, there's very specific references to things in the video game, characters in the video game. It's made, to a certain extent for fans of the property. And that is essentially how these movies are made now. Right? I mean, would you agree? But, like, going back to 1993, and this is true of the superhero movies of that era, too, the people who were adapting these movies, you get the sense that they themselves were not particularly fans of this material. And they were kind of handed this assignment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Here's what we're doing. We're adapting this video game, which is a plumber character jumping around and hopping on mushrooms. It's like my son plays that Collecting game. coins. And it's like there's no story there. It's just, it's this boopy boppy little video game. Yeah. You have to make this into a movie. And at that time, that meant, well, we got to make this something that we can sell to like 
a mainstream audience. We gotta assume people don't necessarily know Super Mario Brothers other than the name. Like, how do we take these elements, mushrooms, dinosaurs, plumbers, pipes, and make it into a coherent narrative? You don't. Maybe you shouldn't do it at all. Um, nevertheless, animated is the only. Way oh yeah, it. obviously. But I find it kind of fascinating that they did try to make a live action movie of this, and the way in which they interpreted how to create a coherent storyline, relatively, yes. with all of those disparate elements. I mean, it is kind of interesting, like. In Mario, the idea of a parallel universe where humans evolve from dinosaurs does not exist, but there are dinosaurs in one of the Marvel or one of the Mario games, which I think was the newest Mario game at the time this yeah. movie came out. So they're like, okay, well, how do we do that? And they come up with this idea of this alternate universe. Well, what about the mushrooms? Like, mushrooms are a big deal. Well, it's like, okay, what if we, like, you can evolution is like a theme so what if they devolve the king into like this sentient fungus you know so like the way that all these elements showed up in the movie i think is like i don't know i'm it's weird because like ultimately it was a failure well, but it is you, kind of a fascinating like, like exercise same, to me you like the same things that i like about adaptations that are good it's like you just want to see a different take on it uh-huh. Their take didn't work, but at least it's something interesting and different. And it's almost like a counter-argument to the fans. Nowadays, the fans being too involved. This right. is like the fans are shut out. Yeah, exactly. Are outside of the room, this is a board meeting exactly. where we're making the movie. Now, Normally, I would think that's okay right. if it's just like an artist doing it. Right. This seems like a business decision, making a movie. Well, but I think there was an artistic idea in there. So let's get let's get into the behind the scenes because that'll explain a little bit. I think about why this movie ended up the way it did. Um, first of all, who made this movie? <laughs> who were these people? Um, it was directed. And when um, will they be released from jail? <laughs> from cinematic jail. Uh, it was directed by a husband and wife duo. That's um, weird right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> already, already, there's a problem. Their last name is Mario. Coincidentally. <laughs> Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel, uh, their husband. And <laughs> I even got a problem with their names. <laughs> they are British. Those are like Alan Smithy names. They're br- I'm not gonna be able to get through this. They're <laughs> they're British directors. Okay. Um, oh, you could kind of see that. They've mostly done like music videos. Um, yeah, okay. They are the creators of Max Hedrum. Remember Max Hedrum? I do, and now I that, never really, that toad scene is making more sense. Yeah, I never really got Max Hedrum, but yeah. they, they created Max Hedrum, okay? They created? So, yes. Okay. That's their claim to fame, along with having directed Super Mario Brothers. Um, so they directed this movie. Um, I made note of the production design by David Snyder when I was doing my research because I had remembered it being a lot more interesting in my head. Maybe he's um, related to Zack Snyder, which would explain why the the DC movies are so dark and dreary. Dark and weird, yeah. yeah. It, yeah it, it, maybe it is related. <laughs> no. um, the creature designer is Patrick Tatopoulos. Stan Winston. Patrick oh, Tatopoulos. Yeah. Who also uh, did the creature designs for Godzilla, the 1998 version. Would you believe... All roads lead to guts. Would you believe I knew that without having to look it up? <laughs> you know, it's going to shock you, but I am not surprised by that. We already talked quite a bit about our cast. Uh, Bob Hoskins, the late Bob Hoskins, of course, played Mario. Jordan mentioned who framed Roger Rabbit. 
Um, and I mentioned he's a very distinguished British actor. You wouldn't necessarily know that from his best-known American roles. He was nominated for an Academy Award in 1986 for a movie called Mona Lisa. Um, he did... And then right after that, he did Roger Rabbit. Yeah, which <laughs> is a great movie! I, I know, what a great, uh, what an awesome career. Pretty awesome career with... The exception of this film. Um, well, I mean, of course, he, he retired from he retired from acting in 2012 uh, due to Parkinson's disease. Uh, passed away just a few years ago in 2014. On the subject of Super Mario Brothers, uh, when he speaking of dying, when he could be coaxed to discuss the film, uh, oh, he no. is on record as saying it is the worst thing he had ever done. Not all of the cast feels that way. That's a very Harrison Ford answer. Bob Hoskins <laughs> would seem to. To his dying day to regret uh, Super Mario Brothers. So he'd probably be appalled that we're even discussing it, but discussing oh, it we wow. are. Great. John, uh, John Leguizamo, who played Shirtless Luigi, uh, is an actor and comedian. Jordan didn't care for his performance in this movie. I guess I thought he was fine. He also appeared as... Uh, I thought he was annoying, but yeah. is that the writing or the character? Right. Who can tell? He also appeared... I think he likes the movie. Okay, or he at least appreciates that. Well, it has... He was also in Spawn. Too, yeah, so he played. He's got a the sliding scale Spawn. Yeah, which I also saw on a dive, but I did not grab. Yeah, so that is another one I thought that. of too. Uh, we did talk a lot about Dennis Hopper's performance in this movie, but he's really phoning it in here. Obviously, I don't need to tell people who Dennis Hopper is. He played Koopa here. Uh, we already talked about Samantha Davis, who played Daisy, uh, also an American Psycho, as we said. An interesting tidbit about her that I found is Samantha she... Mathis? Yeah, Samantha Mathis. Okay. Is that what I said? What did you I said say? Davis. Oh, sorry. Samantha Mathis played Daisy. Um, but an interesting tidbit about her is she was the girlfriend of River Phoenix. Oh, okay. And she was with him when he... Oh, no. ...OD'd, yeah. He, she's never... He claims not to really know much about... And yet, this movie was more traumatic. This was definitely worse <laughs> than that. Too soon? Wow. I don't think so. Um, These are not fun facts. These are depressing <laughs> facts. Yeah, that was kind of depressing. Bob Hoskins is dead. River Phoenix is dead. Dennis Hopper is dead. Um, John Lucas, I was alive and kicking. So All of his career is dead. We talked about the directors, but the guy, the guy who came up with this movie, the idea to even do a Super Mario Brothers movie in the first place, was uh, producer Roland Safe. Uh, he has a production company called Light Motive. I've never heard of this guy or this company. Have you? No. I no. I have. Um, so he came up with this idea. He is the one who approached Nintendo, and Nintendo said, "Go for it." Really? They. That's weird. And what's well, even weird by today's standards? Yes, exactly. And what's even weirder is that they wanted to be completely hands off. They're like, we want you to do your own take on it. And I even read that one of the criticisms that the creator of Mario, who also recently passed away. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but one of his criticisms was that, we, and this is bizarre, he thought they hewed too closely to the source material and didn't do enough of their own thing. What? theater was he in. So I don't know what to say about that, but I thought that was interesting that Nintendo just wanted them to do a really free interpretation of this um, and that they thought they got too close. It's really... <laughs> I don't really, even understand that. Really, something got lost in translation, I think, is <laughs> yeah. what happened there. Yeah. Um, so I did... Film cans got so now, lost. speaking of takes, I did think this was interesting. So the, when they finally settled on directors, and they went through a lot of directors um, that they wanted for this, 
Um, there, I... Because I think the producer was picturing something like Ghostbusters. That was, like, the kind of t- initial tone. Okay, yeah. Right? Like, a kind of... Okay, it's kind of dark, it's kind of edgy, it's kind of grown up, but it's kind of for kids. That kind of weird... Like, they don't really make movies like that anymore. Yeah. Um, like, I think that was kind of a vague idea. So, the director's idea, and I actually thought this was kind of kind of cool, was that the movie would be, like, a prequel to the games, right? Okay. So, this would be the real event that happened to that these plumbers the that inspired the video game. Okay. Kind of a cool take. Kind of like the after the credits. Yeah, it kind of hints at the after the credits sequence in this movie. So, yeah. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Well, without knowing that going into the movie, that doesn't enhance the movie <laughs> you know like no but it kind of like it's a it's interesting behind yeah. the scenes thing yeah it's kind of an interesting like creative like direction for them to come at it from um but um like we talked about like the tone is a real problem here mm-hmm. i think part of that was just wrong-headedness on the part of the directors and the producer and that this should never have been any kind of dark no dark in mario yeah. at all but they wanted it to be a darker movie. The studio wanted it to be for like eight-year-olds. <laughs> okay, so this is not for eight. That there were a lot of reshoots. Oh, they're over budget. They're over schedule. So this is where a lot of the tonal inconsistencies obviously come from. Well, that's why uh, music video directors, they say, make for good directors. Like uh-huh. David Fincher was a good music video director. They're yeah. Like, they basically have, like, crash courses in filmmaking where it's, like, gather huge groups of people, you land in a location, you shoot right. as much material as you could possibly drag into the editing room, and then you make sense out of that and make a story together. Like, right. that's kind of like a little microcosm of a big multi-million dollar movie shoot that's why they say it's not always true but like a lot of good uh, music video directors which they don't even have music videos that much right. anymore but that they make good directors so yeah. i can see why they would go for that and it makes sense to me just even the way it was shot because sometimes i look at some of those like the chase scenes and the uh-huh. action scenes which weren't well done no but it does look like a lot of controlled chaos yeah there's a lot of moving parts it's like a lot yeah, yeah exactly it's like a lot of moving parts that they had to get together shoot really quick in this instance it didn't really work but yeah. you could almost kind of see maybe it could have yeah they they some of that could have worked yeah they bit. technically know how to put a film yeah, together yeah. it's they not have the right sloppy in with. terms of editing or even though the runtime is too long even pacing like they they know how to like put a film together yeah. but yeah i think their initial idea for the tone of this movie was off and then the fact that the studio's idea for the audience for this movie was so different really created a kind of unworkable mess. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention, too, that I thought... Another death? No, I didn't... One thing I didn't like about the aesthetics of the movie is that, all like, the world... Like, you, you think they go to another world, it should seem very big and very open. Oh, yeah, it was a set. It, yeah, it was filmed in a... This sounds like a joke, but it was filmed in a abandoned cement factory in North Carolina. It makes total sense, though. Yeah, and, not, and that's not bad in and of itself, um, but it did have a very, very, very insular feel. It, you know, it was very mm-hmm. closed. You know, you never see the sky, you know? Um, so I didn't like that about the movie. Um, but that can work in other stuff where, like... Because I was recently rewatching um, the original Tim Burton's Batman. 
and it totally seems like that Gotham City, but that works in favor so much because it looks like a complete every nook of it looks completely sculpted and designed. Yeah, and that, but that even though looking at it, you can tell like Jesus Christ, there's like two extras here. Right, this is clearly a set. Yeah, there's no sky or anything. Right, but that can add to it. It works in its favor. This is like the opposite of that. Yeah, this is like. They clearly are in a cement factory. Yeah, this should have been open and bright yeah. and big. And their decision was, like, there's one big city, and then the rest of the entire planet is a big desert. Right. Like, an interesting sci-fi concept. But it doesn't Not make for, for a Mario. very fun kid's or, movie. Or, yeah, it doesn't make for, like, yeah. a visually interesting kind of action. It's like an opposite Wizard of Oz. Like, when they're in New York, which I think those scenes were actually filmed in New York. It looked, looked like, like it. Yeah. Um, the world seemed very big and very open and mm. very bright um, and very real. And then they go into this other world and... A new dimension. Yeah, and you think that should open up the movie, but that's when the movie felt very closed and very claustrophobic. That's like what they say, you always have to kind of, you start the movie out being closed so right. that it can break out. Like, Obviously. It's like running with weights on your legs. Then you take the weights off. Yeah. Then you can like. Bolt. This movie just kept putting more yeah, weights on until on like on. you just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. All right, we're getting back into a review, but um, all right. So uh, some, some good facts, though. Just some thank you. Some little trivia. Okay, so you'll find this interesting, possibly hard to believe. You mentioned the bad CGI. This movie is actually something of a pioneer in digital special effects. You know, what? I kind of remember a little mm-hmm. bit of that in terms of like reading about the movie. Yeah, when I when I was interested in it. So it was the very first movie to, and I don't know anything about this shit, but it was the very first movie to use something called Autodesk Flame software, which is now yeah. essentially the industry standard for digital effects. Um, and the movie was under consideration for uh, Oscar for Best Visual Effects. Okay. So at I, the I time, can put it in context and see that. It, it has some CGI in there, not yeah. a lot, um, but that was actually cutting edge at the time. So even though it's a hard element of the movie to appreciate now... Um, it's really hard now because it's so in every movie like right. every, every drama has things digitally yeah, but this probably was so one of the to see right but this probably was one of the first movies that really started to use digital effects rather than just practical most of the effects in here are practical but they have digital they don't have any completely well koopa's kind of a completely digital character at the end when he turns into the dinosaur i think it's a puppet though is it i think it looks i think it's a yeah, well, there's definitely some CGI in there. I, yeah, I think they manipulated Oh, it see, I thought that was all CGI. I don't know. Hard Maybe. It looked to me like it was a puppet. But in any case, not a lot of completely, certainly no digital environment. Jar Jars. No. I mean, we're a long ways away from that. But, um, you know, it did have those moments. Mostly... So we're slightly pioneering. Yeah, but, yeah. You okay. know, this is kind of in that transitional period for practical effects. And if you like practical effects, I guess this movie's got a lot of them. Like we said, they're not all great. They're all there. Um, but I think that's pretty much all I have for, like, trivia and stuff. We already talked about the website. Um, the fact that it has a fan following. Needless to say, the movie was a commercial and critical failure when it first came out. Um... There is a sequel webcomic that was... Oh, yeah. I remember you mentioned that. ...written or at least co-written by the screenwriter of the movie. So I consider it canon. Did the screenwriter do anything else? Or is he just... 
I didn't really look into the Scream movie too much. So I'm What's not the sure. name? Parker Bennett. Okay, no, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he did a webcomic <laughs> sequel to Super Mario Brothers movie. What more do you need? Well, right. He's clearly at the top of his industry. So, do you want to know what the webcomic sequel is about? Right. Well, what what I'm gonna say no because you're gonna tell me. Anyway. Well, what approach would you have taken if you were tasked with coming up with a sequel to this movie? Like hardcore what? porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's not any more or less dark than the movie, um, but they bring in character. The big conceit is like they bring in characters from Super Mario Brothers Two, the video game. Oh Jesus! So, so Wart is like the big villain. Really, in the comic? Yeah, and they bring in. <laughs> <laughs> Shy Guys, which actually look kind of cool in the comic. Um, Mauser is in it, but he's, like, in keeping with this first movie, he's just, like, a dude. He's not, like, a mouse. It's super weird. I forget exactly even what the plot and is. And how many copies do you own now? <laughs> There's no copies. It's, like, a, oh. it's just on the web. And I think it's unfinished. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I think it's unfinished. Oh, yeah, no, this Parker is... Parker Bennett. No, <laughs> this is... Yeah, no. Okay. Oh my god, if this had been published, I would own I would get it. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, wow. no, for sure. So, That's but, too much research. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot more fun to research. Did you read the webcomic though? I felt like I had to for this podcast. Is it any good? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm shocked from the maker of Super Mario. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny and interesting that like they brought was in the characters. Not really. They Jesus. have I think they have multiple artists on it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just but, don't tell me it's been made over the period of whatever, 20-some, 30 uh, years. I don't think so, but I think it has been abandoned. Because I don't think it... <laughs> by, the, by the American public. <laughs> I, well, definitely that. But I don't think it was ever like finished. And I think it was last updated like 2012. I don't think I've ever heard of an abandoned webcomic. <laughs> oh, there's plenty out there. Well, I know, but this is like a famous abandoned <laughs> Webcom. I'll link to it in our social media for all of our... That link is dead, by the way. <laughs> it was kind of hard to find. <laughs> a lot of pop-ups. It's kind of hard to find this webcomic, but I, I found it, I read it for you guys, and I'll never be the same. Alright, I can't. Okay. I think that's all I've got on Super Mario Brothers, man. I think we're tapped out in this movie. Our all princess right. is in another castle. Yeah. Game over, man. Um, okay, so before we completely exhaust ourselves, I think we can set aside Super Mario Brothers for now, take that cartridge out of the NES, and... Blowing, uh, on, it. <laughs> blowing on it would not help us. <laughs> no. You can you can take this this out and blow on it as much as you want. That is not going to fix the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, oh, yeah, so we got to say if we even recommend it or not. Jordan, I don't. need to say? No. Ah, it's you know, not even fun. Like I the know. most interesting part is the research that it definitely was. So, like skip right over the movie to the web. Yeah, I thought that I was gonna end this before I rewatched the movie. I assumed I would end this episode recommending it. Yeah, uh, even kind of half recommending it reluctantly. Yeah. I got this for four dollars. I think I'm even saying it for like two or three dollars. I'd pass this one by. This is not worth having in your collection. It's it's vaguely interesting as a curiosity, as this bizarre adaptation of a still-beloved property. And there is another Super Mario Brothers movie in the works, 
as we speak. This time Nintendo Abandoned? This time Nintendo oh. is very involved. <laughs> well, I heard and it, it will be animated. Is that the one that uh, Rich Moore is doing? I'm not positive. He's the guy record. Oh, maybe. All I know is that Nintendo is heavily involved in this one. I wonder why. And it's going to be animated. Well, so okay, Already they're on a better path. But I hope, you know, maybe for the real deep divers, there's a little Easter egg Maybe Bob Hoskins appears on a like his name on a like billboard or something in the background. Oh, you mean in that movie? Yeah, yeah. I would like that. A little tip of the hats to yeah. 1993's Super Mario. Now Brothers. that would be an Easter egg. There you something go. that you genuinely need to look for. Yes. Not like plastered right in your face. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, beyond no beyond subjecting ourselves to the abuse of watching Super Mario Brothers. Uh, we watch and read other things. Uh, what and what's been uh, on your radar lately, Jordan? That do you have one? Divers should be that looking out for. I do. Three. So this is the segment we like to call. What do we call this? Beyond the dive. Beyond the dive. Well, you remember? Um, I just woke up. So we're going beyond the dive and talking about things that have nothing to do with the movie that we just discussed. Um, so if you don't care, go away. Can I talk about? <laughs> Can I talk about Charles Band? Oh yeah. Okay. I know it's I, I know it's only our second episode. Just not nonstop. About so I am trying to hold the Charles Band and Godzilla references in check. If you have a specific thing to say about Charles <laughs> I Band, do. yes, I do. Not a, not a eulogy or, or no, he's not dead. But no, he's not player. dead. He's very much not dead. Um, so Charles Band, uh, the founder of I like Charles Band. Empire Pictures and Full Moon, as all of our divers out there certainly know. Um, has come across a full movement. Just announced, and depending on when we post this, has probably really gotten up and running a new project called the Deadly Ten. Have you heard about this at all? No. Nope. Never sure how much on normal people's radar this stuff is. <laughs> I'm so, normal. Full Moon Productions, a famous direct-to-video, mostly horror movie company, Puppet Master Subspecies, still exists um, in a much smaller form these days they've been doing like maybe one or two movies a year um charles band has for a long time been teasing this project called the deadly 10 um and now like their infinity war oh i I think it's gonna be way more exciting than infinity war so (laughs) it's um it's like 10 infinity wars in one but i don't want to oversell yes so what it is is charles band has announced that full moon is producing 10 feature films this year, which is way more <laughs> than they've done even the past three or four years combined. Um, and this the, is definitely like grabbing a handful of darts and just whipping it at the dart. Yes, board. but I this is what the I genuinely think this is cool. What they're doing That's is not a business strategy, though. No, listen to this though. Okay. What they're doing is they... I knew you were going to just crap on this all the time, by the way. <laughs> I'm I knew it. But it's, I have to admit, admit, it's what I'm excited about. I like right Charles Band. I like full movie movies. Too. Okay, tell me if you think this is genuinely cool, though. Nope. What they're doing, they are filming, like documentary filming, mm-hmm. their process from beginning to end of making all ten of these movies. Okay. And they're going to be live streaming it. Oh, it's like, what's that? The video zone? It's the ultimate extension of the video zone. Yeah, okay. So Charles Band... It's, it's like live feeding videos. Yeah, so Charles Band with his video zones, 
they were these little behind the scenes he called them little video video magazines yeah. way ahead of his time in terms of hey here's how we made the movie here's yeah. who we are you really it's funny because it's like i don't even remember a lot of those full moon movies when right. i watch them but i do remember that like the build up to and what's you going are on. not alone. And like, he was like a Stan Lee. He's absolutely, like, this is what's going on down at the factory. We're working on this. And honestly, to me, that's still the most fun thing about full moon movies. Like, I'll buy like a full moon if it comes out on like Blu-ray or something. And it's like the movie's pretty good, pretty fun. But then I love like the commentary and all the behind the scenes stuff. I just mm. love these guys making these dingy little movies. So they are going to be live streaming the production of all of these movies on the Deadly Ten website. You can go sign up there totally free. I mean, this is like nuts. And these movies are all going to be released uh, Valentine's Day 2020. So there's like a super fast production schedule as these movies usually are. Most of oh, the that's movies... perfect because all the Full Moon fans won't have dates? No, exactly. Oh, wow. What that else is a business doing? strategy. I, I take Subspecies 5 is going to be my Valentine's right. Day date. I don't know I what you're doing. Bloodstone. Uh, yes, but... Uh, well, this one's called Blood Rise. <laughs> wow. But so, yeah, like all of them... Or not all of them, but many of them are sequels or spinoffs of existing properties. There's some new stuff in there. But how ten long movies are they film ten movies like they're all it's starting like i feel like it starts in it, it, it june it takes like months to film no it doesn't take months to oh, film oh not a full moon not movie. a full moon movie oh, they have filmed movies in like days <laughs> i mean i'm not kidding this is not giving me high hopes for the movie <laughs> no 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 the movies are going to be terrible Jared. okay the you're missing the point gotcha. here. you're missing the entire it. point and I, I like it though a live and theme. also I am very, very not confident in Charles Band's ability to get 10 movies out. So there is a very real possibility that these could be a, like a, disaster. a disaster and you're going to be able to witness it happen. It's like that, what's the uh, Terry Gilliam movie, the Don Quixote one? Right. The Search for Man of La Mancha. Man, yeah, the, Lost the, in La Mancha. Lost in La Mancha. Yeah, the, one, yeah. the documentary about the movie that yes. keeps trying to get yes. on its feet, which now it finally is. But yes. at that time, that was like a long time ago. Yes. He was like trying to get on his feet and the movie fails and that's how the the movie or the documentary is about the movie like yes. falling apart. So while I genuinely do want to see Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama 2 Rise of the Bloodstone I'm as excited to see it potentially fall apart before my eyes. And would you even be able to tell? So yeah. Or uh, probably both things will happen. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. I always thought isn't it would that a be, cool idea? Well, I always thought it would be a cool like um, a TV channel. You know how there's like billions and billions of yeah. channels now, and there's so much material now of just like a channel that just ran DVD special features. Right. Like all the behind the scenes blow up. That's what this. No is. movie at all. Yeah. Like it doesn't show the movies. That's on a different yep. channel. But it's just like that's basically what this behind, is. All behind the scenes yeah. shit. Like so you don't have to. You don't have to subscribe to Full Moon's Amazon channel. It's like channel. for real film fans. Right. The, the Deadly 10 movie making experience, the live stream, is its, its own thing. It's completely free. Now, at the end of it, of course, you're going to have to get Amazon. You're going to have to do Full Moon streaming if you want to watch the movies. Right. But you, like I said, the movies are just kind of... Amazon? Yeah, there's a Full Moon channel on Amazon. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think that's probably where most people, like, probably see their movies now. But, like... Um, and they still release physical media, but, but like the movies are just like a byproduct of this cool project. So anyway, the Deadly Ten, Charles Band, check out that website. I'll link to it 
sign up and watch it all happen. There's already content going up right now. Videos directors are making. You can see synopses of all the movies, director introductions. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. When does it start? Um, so the movies start, I think, filming in June. I want to say June. Okay, so in the summer. Yeah. After this summer. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be about when we're posting this episode. Yeah. Finishing in February? Oh, yeah. They're going to crank these awesome. bitches out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But there's already content going up. Like, um, the guy who's directing Halloween Night um, is... He already put up, like, a like a, his first... He already scene. abandoned the project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to, like, disasters. But anyway, that's that's what I got yeah. Deadly 10. Wow. So. Well, what about you? What are you? Time. What are you into? Well, I originally asked if you had something to say because I don't have a lot. Oh, you don't really have one this week. That's <laughs> so okay. I was gonna. I was gonna do it first, and then you could finish with like, okay. something actually important. I went on way too long about the, Charles Band and the Deadly Ten. <laughs> the only thing I thought of. Well, okay, I thought of. I thought of one that we could probably talk about forever, which would be Joe Bob. But we'll talk about that. Another yeah, time. and I think we already talked about Joe Bob. Do we a little bit? Okay, well, I forget that, that was in our practice. That's not it because I feel like that's too big of a yeah. topic anyway. And we saw Joe Bob person yeah but we'll, we'll that's talk more about that later we'll tell you guys well, it's a little tease the one i thought that could kind of be maybe like interesting that we've talked a little bit about and i probably should have told you because you should have rewatched it but i rewatched gerald's game okay which i was just great like great movie to me i just you can see why no one even oh yeah acknowledges this movie but to me it's one of the greatest it's the best Stephen King adaptation. One of the best. 100% agree. Up with The Shining. 100% agree. But I never hear people talk about it. Mm-hmm. And rewatching it, I rewatched it like two weeks ago or something like that, really recently. I was just like, God, this is fucking good. And yeah. Like Mike Flanagan is yep. just like the real deal. Absolutely. He is a. I, did, I, I, I didn't like Haunting and Hill House. Yeah, I was disappointed with that. But, but other than that. You can't say it's like technically. Put, right. Not put together well. Right. It just, I think like maybe thematic. There are other problems going on there. With yeah. Whatever. I don't want to talk about that one. But right. I I mainly want to talk about like why Gerald's game didn't connect with people. Okay. Like it got good reviews. I do find that interesting. And it came out the same year as it. Yes. Which blew the fuck up. And it was a everybody. Event. Their, everybody and their grandma knows Pennywise. Now. Yeah. And but I mean. Saying that, I can tell why. Sure. It's just weird because, like, Gerald's Game is for a more adult audience. Yeah. I get it. There's less of them, so you're going to hear less of it. Right. It wasn't in theaters, which is a huge part of it, too. Yep. But there are Netflix movies that blow up that becomes Yeah, like Stranger Things. Yeah. It seems like all those things have to be kind of, like, watered down a little bit. And Gerald's Game, like, goes... Watch that movie. It goes for, like, the throat. Oh, yeah. It's a real horror movie for grown-ups. It's horror. It was a very sleekly produced haunted house ride. Yeah. Um, I was I was way too hard on it when it came out. I yeah. don't think it's great. I liked it. I don't think yeah. it's great either, but I think it is a good movie. Yeah, I, I... I think it's a good adaptation. I think I was just surprised when I saw it because... Um, when I saw the movie It, because it we was... We watched it for the first time on Halloween. When it was so year. beloved by by people just were going crazy for this yeah. movie. And then I saw it, and I'm like, this is the horror movie of the moment? That's I'm like, always it's it good, you know? It's, it's well put together, I guess. But yeah, then you see Gerald's Game, another Steve Ed- Stephen King. It came out like a came month out later. the same time. Excellent. Yeah. True horror for grown-ups. It's just like leaped ahead of all the other ad- Stephen King ad- yeah. adaptations. Because that year I was watching... I just like got it in my head to watch like all the Stephen King adaptations. Uh-huh. 
And the, it's just like, you know, a handful of good ones, a handful of crummy ones, and it's like a few in-between ones, but it's just like, it's, it's just like a movie that you don't hear people talk about. And you look it up, and it's got great reviews, but like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's like, I would love to have a Blu-ray of it. With yeah. Those, talk about special features. It's right. like, I'd like to dig into this movie like, yeah. a little bit. But it's just like, it's just, it's there on Netflix mixed yeah. in with all the other shit, like the 99% yeah. shit that they have. But you're right, it, it makes sense. I mean, you look, I, it's just kind I just of... I think the, it's interesting, like the same, like when it came out. Right. Like one, one went one way and one went the other. But you can see it. Like yeah. if, if you had like, if somebody had like explained the premise of both movies and yeah. said like, okay, which one do you think is going to be the hit... I'd be Obviously. like, it. Yes. You know, you're not going to have pop figures of Gerald's game. Right. You know what I mean? It's, like I said, it's a real horror movie for grown-ups. I just think if, if that doesn't it, point to the, like, giant, the huge um, theater-going audience, if that doesn't point to the fact that they don't have good taste. Good taste just say it. If they don't have... <laughs> the, oh, I'm, ta- this is, I'm talking very general. Yes. Most people... <laughs> Because I like someone would get really offended when I said this because it sounds like you're saying I have amazing taste and no one else does. Right. But most people don't have good taste when it comes to that. And right. I, I liked it too. Right. But it's clear. That, it's like movies are subjective, yeah. but it's clear that this is a much, much, much better movie right. that no one gives a shit about. Right. <laughs> and like real critics, like actual critics, right. not just like someone writing a post on Amazon, but. They all love it, too. Sure. But ultimately, it's like, it doesn't mean anything. I feel like if more people would get behind it, you'd get shit like a Blu-ray release, or... Yeah. you just... you get more discussion about that type yeah. of stuff. I don't know. I was just like... I remember when we watched it, and I thought it was probably the best horror movie that we watched that year. Oh, yeah. And it, like, stuck with me, and I watched it now recently. I think, like, two years later now it is, because it came out, like, two years ago. God, has that been two years ago? I think so, yeah. Because it came out when the first It came out, and the new It mm. is now the performances are so good yeah and even just the writing and yes. talk about adaptation i hadn't yep. read the original book by yeah. stephen king you can see why it took so long to adapt that story but what i know that he did change about it is like whoa what a breakthrough hmm. like this is like because there is there aren't like three people in that room uh-huh but this is like a person whose brain is like breaking down yeah it was a great way she's to like in a horrible like her her a st- high stress environment and yep. her mind is like breaking down and part of her mind is talking to her like you're losing it now yep and it's like but they're all using dialogue yep. that she would say to sure. herself like it's all her interior monologue being yes. filtered through other characters yes. it, not knowing the premise of it what I'm saying sounds like gibberish but uh-huh. well, if it's, you're it's, listening to this you know of Gerald's game anyway yeah so. and it's essentially like a, a big screenwriting problem because it's like in one room a woman alone it trapped in a room. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you know, you don't have to go too much into what Gerald's name is about, like that's what it is. I mean, you it's can just, see why this is not the first one that producers grabbed of like adapt this. But it's, it's kind fasc- of unadaptable. It's fascinating if it's not something like it where, you know, you can go get popcorn and mm-hmm. you can come back to it and oh, you're yeah. gonna know where you are. Yeah. This like pulls you into it yeah. and it's it's amazing how tense and oh yeah how interesting and how much it can pull you in yes. with just dialogue yep and performances and great performances that's it and great there's like directing 
little bits of horrific moments, like really horrific there's moments. One, I was there's going one to, really I was going to say before we get too artsy fartsy about this, yeah. there is a pretty great gore scene in this, and yeah. it's just one of the most intense experiences. And I, I can stand up to like a lot of shit, right? But I, that talks about the filmmaking. Yeah, how you get the audience, you pull them into that, to that point. And then you show something, right? It, 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 rewatching it. it, I was like, "There's no way this is going to be as horrific as what I remembered yeah. it being." And I watched it again, even at this time, like two years later, I was like, "Whoa!" Because yeah. <laughs> you're so there with you're that in character. It. You're you're in that room. Well, you, you get are you that get invested girl. in the movie itself. Yep. It's not like you're Gerald's game isn't something you put on in the background. No, or that you just randomly find in Netflix. I'm gonna put this. Or it's not there. a comfort food movie. Yeah. You this is I mean? like this is like I want to see technically a good horror movie. Yeah, put together. and I want to have an. And that's what Mike Flanagan does. And the and he, he earns the ending too. Oh yeah, yeah. I always think that the totally the, works. I always think totally. the ending in the hands of any other filmmaker would not have worked. Yeah. But man, when they had that final shot in Gerald's game, uh, I was like, perfect. The the epilogue I think is perfect. Perfect. Even when it started going, I remember the first time that I saw it, I'm like. This isn't going to work. Give me a break. Yep. It comes across as a little cheesy. I agree, yeah. There's it, no yep. way. But, but they it, tie it together. Damned if they don't earn it, and you aren't like pumping your fist rooting for that girl yep. at the end of the movie. Yeah, oh, that was actually the other thing. Okay, this is too much now, but the strong female character. And I actually heard Joe Bob right. talk about this now, too, just recently. I heard him talk about it after I came up with this idea to do this, though. So, But... People are always complaining that there are no strong female characters. Yeah. And I agree that they're underrepresented. Yes. But I would also say, if you can't come up with an example, you're not looking. Or you're not looking in the right places. You don't You don't know where to look because you don't have... You haven't developed a taste. Right. I'll say you haven't developed a taste. Yeah. Because you can develop it. But you're not looking. Like, like the movie Annihilation. I was just thinking of it. There's another one. Yep. But Gerald's game is the perfect is another yeah. example of that. But here's the thing: it's ne- all about this character, right. And like this, and they're wonderful. horrific, traumatic experience she goes through. She, you, it's all about her when she says at the end, "You've had all the tools all along." Yeah. And she, then she looks at the glass. It's like this is a this is a perfectly well formed character, and they're not afraid to make her because now it's gone too far in the other direction. Where like a Captain Marvel, right. where they can have absolutely no flaws. Right. This is a human. This is a superhero character that can walk their way through anything. Right. And she's funny. She's tough. She can fight with the guys, like the, but she's like her pretty, her fatal flaw is that like she'll trip or something. Like right. That. Like or she's know, or she's charmingly awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's actually one thing that the guys have that the girls don't have. They that, can be at weak. This point. They can. They're not afraid to show the weakness. Yeah. And the girls. They can do that, but I think it's like it overcorrected. Yeah. So it went too far that direction. This is like a perfectly, like a really well formed hero, strong female character. Great performance by a great yep. actress who you don't see very often, Carla Gugino, but like point to that if you can't right. come up with an example. Like look for it, find it. You, right. It's out there. I guarantee yeah. it's out there. Well, the interesting thing is that like both Annihilation excellent movie and Gerald's game um, did not advertise themselves as being like we're yeah. the movie about female empowerment whereas that like, ad is so much of whereas it. like Ghostbusters did advertise itself yeah. that way Captain Marvel advertised itself that way Wonder Woman 
so like the discussions about female representation all circle around those movies that kind of wore it on their sleeve. Meanwhile, these other movies, it's actually happening. Annihilation, Gerald's Game, they're just fucking doing it. Yeah, you know, they're just making great movies with great female characters, nuanced, complex, flawed, yeah. heroic, um, and nobody's talking about it. Except us. Here okay. on the dumpster dive. I had more to say about it than I thought I did, but okay, that's it. Well, I felt Check like we... Check out Gerald's Game. I felt like great. we had to talk about Gerald's Game at least as much as we talked about Charles Band's uh, The Deadly <laughs> Well, I Day. thought it would t- lead into talking about Mike Flanagan, too, who's like one of my favorite horror directors working now. That's like a big topic. That's, I feel that's like, huge, so... I feel I'm going like, to say mine is Check Out Gerald's Game. Awesome. Gerald's Game. Um, all right, well, I'm going to rewatch it because I love that movie. Um... And I'm going to rewatch Annihilation. Yeah. And I'm going to keep an eye on the Deadly Ten. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, take a week off work and just sit yes, in front I'm of that computer. quitting my job <laughs> and just going to like binge. I was thinking about that. They're going to do like recap. You videos. should live feed you watching the live feed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've gotten, now that we've come to that point, I think we are at the end of this particular yes. dumpster dive. So yes. we're going to I'm exhausted. come up from the dive. And, uh, get the bends. Yes. And you know, I've uh, been trying to come up with like a catchphrase oh, yeah. for the end of our episodes, like a trademark. Um, and I thought maybe we could Excelsior! Just, yeah, maybe we could no. just have like a rotating catchphrase. But that's not a catchphrase, it's something repeated over and over again. So it's not going to work. The catchphrase has to catch on. Well, this isn't going to catch on. <laughs> just do it. Well, at the end of this uh, video game episode, remember when we were talking about Super Mario Brothers? Yep. Uh, I am going to end the episode by just saying, Game Over.